0: Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. It is time for our annual look back at the year in dining 2022. This is a special show where I gather almost all of my regular co hosts and we take a look back at our favorite new restaurants, our favorite meals, our saddest shutters. And some other, you know, random thoughts that we have about Houston restaurants. Uh, this is always a, a little bit chaotic, so I uh, I ask for everyone's patience. But I think uh, I think this is going to go. This is going to go great. All right, co-hosts, I will introduce you individually so people can hear your voices, left to right across my Zoom screen. He is a passionate advocate for the Houston food scene. Matt Harris, welcome to the show. Daddy. Thank you. He is a Houston hospitality veteran and a co-founder of the Houston Barbecue Festival. Michael Fulmer, welcome in. Thanks for having me, brother. She is the owner of Avondale Food and Wine. Mary Clarkson, welcome back to the show.
1: Howdy, Eric. Happy to be here.
0: She is a beverage specialist who has created the cocktail programs for a number of Houston bars and restaurants, including all new at Fat Eatery out in Katy. Linda Salinas, it's great to have you here.
2: Thanks for having me. Living my best life.
0: All right. I have given us some topics to think about. So let's start with topic number one Linda Salinas. What are your top three new restaurants that opened in Houston in 2022?
2: Wow, that's so loaded. There's so many. There's so
0: many. Kick us off.
2: I mean, I'm just going to do one. It's the new Blue Dorn. Navy Uh, blue. Navy blue. It's beautifully, beautifully styled. Fantastic lighting. Service is excellent. One small beef: they need better picks, but whatever for their garnishes. But that's neither here nor there. Ah. No, as a whole, I, it was it was a really really fantastic experience. Um, classic in so many ways. I really enjoyed that.
3: I'll concur with with Linda's that, you know, the service was impeccable. And that impresses me in the fact that they got it going so quickly in this labor market. Things haven't turned around, you know, so fast. I mean, it's gotten better, to be sure. But, uh, you know, really tip of the hat to Sharif, you know, the general manager and the man who who is really responsible for training that front of the house staff. And it's just it's just impeccable. And, uh, yeah, I love the food. They're not pushing boundaries there, you know, and there's a few things, you know, that were, you know, that we're okay, but just a great experience, uh, overall. And I can't wait to go back. Mary, what did you want to add?
1: I think it's a really beautiful restaurant. I will definitely spend time at this bar. Uh, I do think that they're not getting super inventive on the menu. I wish maybe they play with it a little bit more. And I think maybe they will once they get their sea legs. So I will be, I will be back here pretty often at this
0: bar. Let me just really quickly throw my two cents in on Navy blue, which is that like the rest of you, I've been very impressed by it. And I understand the criticism; the menu isn't very exciting necessarily. But I, I felt that way about Blue Door when it first opened. And, and the thing that really defines meals at, at both of those restaurants for me is how, like, very well executed all of the dishes were. And and also, you know, we've seen Blue Door evolve over time. You know, they added a version of jollof rice to the menu uh, a few months back. They started doing the fried chicken dinners. Uh, that some of us have been to. So, you know, let them walk before they run. And and I think we'll see some big things from Jared Zifchak in the kitchen at, at Navy Blue in the months to come. Michael Fulmer, what are your top three new restaurants of 2022?
3: All right. Well, I'm going to leave the obvious one to Matt. So we're going to leave that, the starts with a T. So for me, so we've mentioned Navy Blue, I would say Hamsa. You know the irony that we're mentioning immediately two places in the Rice Village, a place that I really don't care to go to uh, that much because of uh, traffic and all that. But you know what? They've made it easier to park there, and Hamsa, really just out the right out of the gate, uh, everything there has been just fantastic. You know the, the the straightforward things like the Baba Ganoush and the Hamsa and the Pita, but you know the lamb that they do there, just it's just outstanding. And it's always it's, I've had several good experiences there. I would also throw a shout out to ICO, the new sushi bar on Washington Avenue. And the reason why I mention it is that they put a what I would consider an affordable omakase on there where Omikasis have just like, like skyrocketed. I mean not, apart from like the, the $500 things in New York, but here where they're, you're looking at you know 250 or more in many cases, they have a really great one for ninety five dollars. I mean, you're getting at least five courses. You're getting a five, and I, I left full and I had great service. and And that that speaks a lot to a really quality experience. Uh, and then, of course, I would mention Burger Bodega. You know, we all have great burgers, and you know, at least good burger places in our neighborhood. And we don't really drive that far for them. But what the research that a boss has done on opening that place in terms of aesthetics in terms of the quality of his food uh, it's just fantastic and i you know i can't wait to go back
0: okay mary would you like to say anything about hamsa Ico, or burger bodega
1: i uh, just said burger bodega is delicious and i drive by it often and there is a line so i'm not the only one who thinks that obviously and hamza is an unexpected delight and relatively affordable um, too for the rice village which is nice it's you know people know doris and doris is such a wonderful restaurant but can be a little pricey i like that their sister restaurant is uh, more approachable in price that's what i selfishly wanted navy blue to be but um, way to go, Rice Village, for some local, uh, really amazing restaurants.
0: Linda, do you have any thoughts on hamsa or Burger Bodega?
2: She's taking a nap.
3: Okay, good, good talk, good talk.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can never shut me up. Uh, (laughs) uh, i I mean honestly humps is really great i think burger bodega is overrated get out of here i'm over it but that's okay i'm always the outlier so
3: (laughs) you're wrong Uh, about that but go on
2: i mean it's just it's just overrated you're wrong
3: about what you think linda Okay. That's correct. <laughs>
4: well
2: when well when you're such an influencer, when you walk in the door, of course everything's gonna be really great, you know? Shots fired! But, Respect your right.
1: elders, Linda. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I want to hear what I really want to hear what Matt's uh top three is.
0: All right, Matt, I guess it's your turn. What are your top three new Houston restaurants of 2022? So
4: for me, as Mr. Former alluded to, Tatamo is certainly one of the top three careers truly. I think they're doing something really special over there and um well elaborate. What are they doing that's so special, in your opinion? The the MASA program that Emmanuel does is is first rate. It, it's it's really special. It starts there. So the focus on uh native heirloom corn that he's importing from Mexico, niximalizing it in-house to produce just in superior tortilla or quesadilla or whatever form the corn takes.
3: Those emuladas are amazing, that mole. Yeah, it starts there. It
4: starts there. The masa program is is really where it starts. It sets the table for for everything that he does.
0: And then, do you have another restaurant or two that you would like to mention that impressed you this year?
4: Well, since it wasn't considered a restaurant last year, I'm going to consider it a restaurant this year,
0: and I'm going to say Neo. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think I think whatever whatever like boundary they had to cross to become a, a restaurant or not a restaurant, you know, you can make a reservation on Talk now. They're open what, five nights a week, I think. Six uh, six? Okay. So whatever, whatever it was in the beginning where, where it felt like more of a pop-up or something temporary, I think it's it's safe to say that Neo is here to stay and that uh you know I, I dined there a few months ago and just had an incredible uh dinner, just you know, an omakase that and I and I think what's so exciting about it is not just that it's it, it's not just a standard Japanese progression that they're they're incorporating Mexican influences into some of the dishes They're You know, you can get, uh, you know, tuna with mole on it or, or some of these other things that they're doing. And, and it's just there's really nothing like it. I, I've never eaten food like that. And I just I agree with you. I think it's I think it's expensive. I think it's worth it. I think if you're passionate about dining, it is worth seeking out.
4: I I agree. Ergo, it's uh, one of my top three restaurants for 2022. And going back a little bit for the third restaurant, I will mention Burger Chon. They opened at the beginning of the year, formerly in a food court at Greenway Plaza. But I think going from a food court to a full sit-down establishment is worthy of recognition. And it is certainly a
0: place that I eat at often and enjoy. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, between... Burger Chan and Burger Bodega we have kind of two perspectives on you know a quality burger right the the Burger Bodega is a very kind of elemental burger experience right it's it's meat cheese sauce pickles that's that's it you know and and basically the only the only thing to decide is whether you want one two or three patties Burger Chan is much more expensive you know two different patties so many different bun choices, all of the house sauces, all of the different toppings. It's a really kind of a choose-your-own-adventure kind of experience. Both delicious, both places that I've been to. Burger Chan, certainly more than Burger Bodega, because it's been open for longer. But both, uh, you know, we're a burger-loving town, and I think I think they're both worthy additions to the scene. Agreed. Would anyone else like to express a thought about to Temo or burgers before we move on.
1: To Temo brunch is killer for what it's worth. I finally got to experience it in the last couple of weeks and it over-delivered. Um, the only other time I've been able to go was during the pop-up um, that they did a couple months ago, but really spectacular food. Just want longer hours from them, that's it. A 1 p.m. brunch call is is early for me, Eric.
4: Yeah, 3 (laughs) p.m. brunch call is early for you, Mary (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, I was in a seat by noon It took a lot of work (laughs)
0: All right, and then before we move on Just a couple of places I uh, I would like to mention In in contribution to the Best New Restaurants of 2022 uh, You know, certainly
1: Do I need to go?
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. Excuse me. What would what What are your top three new restaurants of 2022 (laughs) that we haven't already Um, mentioned?
1: That we, of course, I will. I will not uh, usurp any of the uh, previous aforementioned
0: choices.
4: They affirm.
1: Okay. Well, I will differentiate. I'm a high-low girl. Y'all know this, so I will start with my low in terms of price point. Uh, Tim Ho Wan is one of my favorite restaurants. I've been to it in New York, in Hell's Kitchen, and I've been to their location in Hawaii, and this one is as good, if not better, than those. So the new Katy Chinatown is worth a trek. This is super affordable and absolutely delicious dim sum. It's fantastic. Uh, On the high end, Amori, it is the restaurant of the former DeMarco chef, And it's wonderful Italian, Uh, can be on the pricey side, you know, if you want to go white truffle style or all out for a date night, you can pop in for lunch rather affordably. And lastly, because it's different, and in the tros, in Montrose, uh, wild, because I do think that these CBD uh, style restaurants that are adding it to food and experimenting with that and their cocktails is interesting, and I think it's a trend that's not going to go away. Those are my yeah.
0: three. All right, very good. Uh, and then just for me, just a couple that um, you know, I I affirm uh, all of your selections, especially Tatemo, especially Navy Blue. Hamsa was high on my list. I've been waiting for a modern Israeli restaurant in the style of places like Zahav and Shia to come to Houston. You know, Doris Metropolitan is one of my absolute uh, favorites. And so the people behind Doris, who are Israeli, brought a modern Israeli restaurant to Houston and that it's it's so just delicious and and comfortable and flexible, you know, not to get not to get too ethnic, but uh, you know, for the for the hummus, for the hummus alone, and that wood-fired pita, you know, dianu. It, it would and have been
2: the falafel.
0: Oh, the falafel is fantastic. Yeah, for the hummus and the falafel and the pita, dianu. And then that doesn't even account for the, the cocktails and the skewers and the salatin and and everything else that they do. So yeah, I I just I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a restaurant like that to open in Houston for a long time, and I'm so glad it's finally here. But just a couple that we we haven't mentioned yet. Obviously, I've been to El Bracco, I think, probably five or six times. That kind of vaguely Americanized, vaguely Northern Italian food is just like very much a comfort for me. I think I've eaten my way through the entire menu, but you know, certainly that mafalde pasta bolognese is something that I've eaten a lot of. Uh, their spicy gamelli pasta is really, really delicious. Uh, you know, I like the chicken piccata. I think they do a good Caesar, pretty tasty steak tartare. And I I recall going to uh, dinner there with uh, Felice and a couple of their friends. We were four people. We ordered all three desserts and and there were different favorites. Everyone liked at least one of those desserts as their favorite of the night. I think that that speaks really well to their execution of everything that they do. And then one place that kind of kind of grabbed my attention at the very end of the year here is the Limbar. Uh, I think what David Cordue is doing in Midtown uh, at the Ion is pretty special. Drawing from his, you know, his South American influences, his French training, you know, some of the stuff that he's done like at catering or special events, uh, all kind of has a home there. I think it's a I think it's a really pretty restaurant. It looks like. Kind of a very fancy living room. It's very comfortable. I just had a really delicious dinner there. And and it's um, you know, it's high on the list of places that I'm most excited to go back to for another meal. So that's in the mix for me. Um, I don't know. React to me. Anybody have thoughts on Il Braco, the limbar, or anything else we've discussed up till now before we move on to our next topic?
3: The burger is also delicious at Il Braco. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that the the one really bad dish I had there initially was the Caesar, which is like completely overdressed. It was really, it was just really bad. And the next time I went, um, they had totally like they had repaired that. It was really well done, it was really well balanced. And that just speaks really well to their whole operation.
0: All right, let us move on to topic number two. What are one or two dishes from a new restaurant outside your top three that stands out as particularly memorable? Matt, since you, you've you been waiting to talk about Navy Blue, I'll throw it to you. What what, uh, what from Navy Blue is is in the mix for you as a, a memorable dish?
4: Daddy, one word, Mushroom Vol Oof, that was way more than one word. One of my favorite dishes of the year.
0: Michael Fulmer, what about you? What do you have as a memorable dish from this year?
3: Um, Several. Um, most recently would be the, the key lime pie or key lime tart at Navy Blue, just because it's the tartest thing I've ever had. And I love, like, it's – there always seems to be that saturation level where you just can't take it, and they just took it to the next level with a little addition of passion fruit. It's just fantastic. You know, the red curry shrimp at Street to Kitchen – I didn't even have it super hot; it almost burned my face off, and it was so delicious, just fantastic. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to throw out there is something I normally wouldn't talk about, and that's the ribeye you and I had, where I had ordered when we went to Patton's, the small little steakhouse that's in Savoir. You know, normally, you know, it's a, okay; it's a steak, but it was so perfectly cooked, perfect char in such a small little kitchen, small little operation. Uh, it was just, man, it it was a bullseye. It was fantastic. And the last thing I would mention is an out of town one. Uh, so to move a little bit off, uh, the area and that's the chicken at Burt Bean Company in Sagin, you know, we're doing a barbecue run there and all the barbecue was fantastic, but the chicken was like some of the best I've ever had in my life.
1: What was the chicken? Chicken breast?
3: It's a, it's a roast chicken in a salsa verde. And the Mm. salsa verde is just so on point, so perfectly balanced. The chicken was just succulent with, you know, a little bit of char on the outside. Uh, You know, it's just chicken can be such a kind of bland or phoned in dish. And this was just outstanding.
1: Beautiful.
0: Uh, Mary, how about you? What are your your top uh, two or three dishes?
1: Carrot cake at Navy Blue was amazing. Very moist, very delicious. Let's see. Uh, Street to Kitchen does this uh, pork belly dish where the pork belly is really thinly sliced and delicately cooked. It's like almost melts in your mouth. Um, That dish is so amazingly good and it's not something that I would probably order on my own, but I was with a bunch of people and that was ordered and it was delicious. Some of the pasta dishes the two pasta dishes that we had at uh, the new Louis uh, were wonderfully made. I would go back to try some of their other pastas
0: yeah I was I was actually thinking about the uh, the chicken parmesan that we had at Louis as, as kind of on that list because it was you know it was it was that kind of thick cutlet with the you know the kind of sweet sauce very cheesy like uh, I, I I enjoyed that. Linda, how about you? What are what are some of your, what are your top couple of dishes from uh new restaurants this year?
2: I think that falafel really just threw me for a loop from Hamsa. I like their textures. I like all their little side dishes. I'm um, I know that some of you guys lean a, a lean a lot on meat, which I'm not necessarily partial to. So Anything that comes pickled. But Linda's partial to snacks, she's a snack queen. Yes, yes, I'm am I'm, I'm, I'm t- tiny snacks, tiny snacks.
4: Size queen, size queen.
2: I mean, not all the time, but everybody just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, remember, I mean, this I is really,
0: broadcast on the radio.
2: Um, I really like uh small dishes, and so Hamsa does that really well because you get a lot of, you know, small pickled things and radishes and you know all kind all kind of you know manner of that uh i just texture to me means everything um and then honestly i think there's something to be said about og classics and the we forget super rica is doing some really fantastic things right now i know everybody goes for their fried chicken and oysters and this is kind of out of order but they're just doing some really fantastic you know calamari and couple of other things and i just I wanted to throw that in because I, I would to see them this month, and I just wanted to sneak that in.
0: <laughs> what well, La Lucha or Super Rica? Are you thinking La Lucha for the fried chicken?
2: Uh, yeah, it's still La Lucha. Yeah,
1: yeah, Super Rica. I was there yesterday for Mexican food, and the queso fundido, delicious. Their pork belly enchiladas actually were very good too. So yum,
2: yeah. Sorry, out of order. Out of
0: order. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, we'll. That's a topic that's coming. But, but just uh, uh, dishes from new restaurants that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, I was thinking about the squid ink campanelle at Marmo, the uh, kind of fine dining Italian restaurant in Montrose. A lot of, a lot of really tasty things on that menu, especially the meatballs, especially that, that pasta. But, but that's, uh, that was high up there for me. We've talked about Burger Bodega a little bit, but certainly that burger's on that on that list somewhere. And uh, Linda, I was thinking about when we went up to Amarina in the Woodlands, and we had that uh, Tim Dory like a lamb with the gold leaf. I just I, everything about that dish uh, was so rich, so satisfying, so meaty. That was a really good meal. And
2: that was a really, it's a it's a really really fantastic meal. Like very well curated lots of textures, lots of small snacks, acid, fat. I mean, everything that we had, I mean, their desserts kind of blew us away a little bit too, but yeah, I mean, it's not technically in Houston, but you know, that's, I mean, Houston's, it's the reach, the reach. (laughs) Uh,
0: I know we were talking about fried chicken and certainly some of the stuff uh, Michelle Wallace is doing at Gatlin's Fins and Feathers, uh, especially that fried chicken, especially those biscuits. Uh,
3: deserve a little recognition, and the, her soups are just like n- next level, fantastic.
0: Okay, would anyone else like to mention a favorite dish or two before we move on?
1: I do. Uh, Tony's, there's a dessert that Chef Kate is making that is absolutely fantastic. It's uh, um, uh apricot filling uh, desserts. They're kind of like the closest thing I can describe them to is beignets the little sugar crust instead of powdered sugar, and they melt in your mouth. And I'm so proud of her and what she's done to transform this restaurant. It's such a delight to go and eat in the bar, but uh, she's made the menu fun, which is something I always look forward to.
0: Yeah, and I'm always just going to get souffle there because I don't care.
1: That's all he really wants.
0: (laughs) She She can add whatever dessert she wants to to that menu. It's fine. More power to her. But I'm, I'm probably going to get souffle
3: when I get it done.
2: Classics, baby.
3: Well, you I, can I, have I would, it all. Um, you can have it both. The last one I would throw out, because I just had it recently, was the reconfigured tomato toast at Theodore Rex, at T-Rex. And some people said they didn't, like, they didn't like it as much as the original. I went there, and I thought it was just fantastic. They're now doing the roasted tomatoes to the side, the heirlooms, and then they have the toast, and then you – you know, you kind of, you spoon it on yourself and man, it was even better than before. It's a really, that's, that's rapidly becoming a classic dish for Houston. I think.
1: I think T-Rex needs a lot of props. Sorry, gentlemen, because of all the ladies up in here, Um, whether it's chef, uh, Caitlin, or if it's the wine director, Sarah, the wine list is matching the food. It's on par with that. Now it's, I love popping in here. I think people sometimes think that you have to go here for, you know, a really long dinner. I think one of the secrets of this spot is you can pop in so that the bar have a couple of dishes, glass of wine and get out uh, pretty quickly if you don't want to sit there for a long time, but T-Rex is is such a hidden treasure in my opinion.
0: All right, let me move on to topic number 3. I want to talk about kind of the new bars just because there've been So many this year, and we really haven't had too many significant bars of note, I mean, really since 2019. Uh, But it really feels like new bars made a comeback this year. Linda, you're the bar expert, so give us one or two of your favorite new bars that have opened this year. A
2: couple of different things to absolutely check out. Uh, Obviously, Easy's Liquor. They finally got some snacks in there, but it's just a really good divey little little spot in on on washington from the people from agricole matt tanner is obviously um my old you know bar mate at anvil and um it's just it's a really comfortable space uh bandista in four seasons is really beautiful but you can never freaking find it i mean it's the only like beef about it it's like where do I go? I have no idea what's going on. I wish they made it a little bit easier. It's maybe it's too speak easy, <laughs> if that's even a word. I know it isn't, but really beautiful cocktails. The staff there are really fantastic. Um, and they're doing some cool stuff. And Mary, you like to go check out a couple of bars. I know that you really like Clarkwood, and so do I.
1: I love Clarkwood. As the owner Mason would say, it's a vibe. <laughs> I'm way too old to say it's a vibe but it is a vibe Um, it's a really small intimate bar it's like 1500 square feet they're going to expand and have a patio but the indoors will remain tiny I think uh, Mason and Army have done a really good job at curating a spot that has a handful of craft cocktails has a very small wine list has also curated shots for all the lovely ladies and gentlemen that like to ramp it up a little bit. I'm a little too old for shots, but they do really well there and their infusions are popular. Um, So that is going to be my favorite kind of party vibe spot. And then Refuge is going to be my favorite replacement for what was tongue cut, but really high end, elevated cocktails, dimly lit New York style bar. Um, It's... I, I love both of them. I get great service at both of them. They're warm and inviting. And um, I'm excited to have both of these new bars in
0: 2022. I agree with you about, you know, all of those places. It, it's it been, it's just been a fun, it's been a fun year for new bars. I mean, you know, not that, you know, I, even, a, even a place like Patterson Park, which, you know, maybe isn't, revolutionizing or or you know reinventing the wheel or anything but but it has that that treehouse atmosphere it's kind of set back in the neighborhood it feels a little bit like you're in on something i really like that aspect of of that place i mean of course you know refuge dimly lit great playlist fantastic service delicious drinks it it feels like a special occasion when you're there and and bandista i mean yeah it's it's Deliberately hard to find. You have to know where the bookcase is. You have to wander all the way back through from uh, Toro Toro to find it. But but once you're in there, it's like it's very transportive. Uh, and, and I'm not in the habit of paying $30 for cocktails on a regular basis. But as the end to a special night, it has that sense of occasion to it. And it belongs in the mix with uh, bar number three at the Column Door or the lounge at March as... Like really special, really elevated cocktail experiences. Uh, Matt and Michael, I know you guys aren't big drinkers, but do you have uh, do you have any thoughts? Have you have you been any of these places? Do you do you have anything you'd like to contribute? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well then, yes, let me... Daddy. Good talk. Good talk. All right. Let me move on to topic number four: classic restaurant of the year. What restaurants that have been open for more than a year did you find yourself going back to? Alternatively, is there an older restaurant you discovered quote unquote for the first time this year? Matt, why don't I start with you? Thanks daddy. I appreciate that.
4: Don't shake your head at me, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The uh yes, I have two and uh they're both in Houston. One is Blue Dorn, according to Resi, it was my most visited restaurant this year on the Resi platform. You make
1: reservations
4: <laughs> sometimes. Uh the other one is Street to Kitchen.
1: Yes, yes, Just
4: fantastic. <laughs> I love
0: everything about Street to Kitchen. Everything.
3: So good. Here here.
0: Yes, our Taste Maker Awards Restaurant of the Year.
1: I called that shit early. That's right. I just said a bad word. A year ago, I mean this restaurant has hit on all cylinders. It's so damn good. Everybody go eat next to a Valero. You won't regret it. It's the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Mary, I assume that puts Street to Kitchen on your list for restaurants that have been open for a little while that you've enjoyed. Give me one more.
1: Oh, come on. Nobies. Nobies is still so damn good. Uh nobies and El Topo.
0: Worthy picks both. Uh Michael, how about you?
3: Well, corkscrew. I mean, they just their consistency of quality is just unbelievable. And I just feel like you know, it's like that big bear hug when you go there. It just feels so good. And just the, the quality of the brisket, the ribs, all of it, the whole experience is just fantastic. So that for me, you know, I find myself always wanting to go back there. And if it was even closer, I'd be going there more often. So yeah, that's for me. And then, uh, you know, I, I always want to give a shout out to Polly's because they're the neighborhood restaurant and, and how the how well they take care of the neighborhood people and, and, you know, it's, it's just, it's solid. So, yeah. Linda, how about you?
2: Baby, Polly's all day. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
0: this is where you could mention La Lucha, by the way, if you're so inclined.
2: Yes. La Lucha is really fantastic. I mean, honestly, um, we already talked about that. Uh, I don't want to continue repeating the same people's names all over again. Um, but uh, Rosie Cannonball is Always just fires on all cylinders at all times. So I had a really fantastic dinner there and lunch. But okay, just because you're not a influencer there, Matt Harris. Shots fired! You know, there's no need to, you know.
1: <laughs> Damn, throwing shade. Oh my God, I mean, I Shots fired! <laughs> it's sunny outside today. I hope you're wearing sunglasses.
4: Damn. Can we go back to the bar conversation? Go sure. ahead. <laughs> uh Riel, by the way, was what I was going to say. Sorry that I'm
0: interrupting, but felt compelled to mention Riel.
2: Riel, is-
1: interrupt away.
0: That's funny. Riel, Riel actually is on my list of places that I uh went back to a couple of times in 2022. I, I I I don't go as often as I used to, but every time I always enjoy it. And that pasta with the kimchi that they're doing is just delicious. i you know sweet shrimp sour spicy kimchi the pasta is always well cooked you know I, every time I to, granita.
3: yeah sorry
0: no every time I go to real I always I always feel like I've picked a new a new favorite dish and, and I love you know still to this day even though it opened in 2017 I still feel like there are people who you know haven't been there or haven't been in a long time or, or whatever and so uh, I still like introducing it to people and then I gotta give a shout out. I finally made it to Chez Nu this year for the first time. And and I'm not a big, you know, French food guy, but delicious lamb chops, elegant atmosphere, refined service, great wine list. It's it's one of those places that's not it's not really on the radar anymore. It doesn't really come up in the conversation about best restaurants in Houston, I don't think. Not in the way it used to maybe in the in the 90s or early aughts. But they're still doing their thing and and still satisfying people and still uh, worthy recognition, at least based on my meal there earlier this year. So that was really fun for me to, to finally make it up there.
4: Ironically, we did not dine there together, but I ate it. Shane knew this year as well. And uh, I will co-sign your comments, Daddy.
0: It's always nice to be validated. All right, let us move on to the next topic, topic number five. What restaurant or bar that closed this year will you miss the most? Mary, why don't you kick us off?
1: Cafe Louie. I just, I don't know, such high hopes for this early iteration of what they are now, but um, I love the pastries. I love the all-day concept. I know it was maybe a little... Early on, the density in this neighborhood still isn't there yet, but the food that they pumped out of there was so incredible, and I'm thankful we still get to have Louise. I just miss um, having those pastries and egg sandwich and all the delicious treats that we had there in its first year.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you, obviously. I ate at Cafe Louie quite a bit. That was another place where I was you know, trying to bring people to and encourage people to go try. And, and, you know, I really liked what, uh, chef Angela was doing, you know, that roast chicken, the, the shrimp cocktail, the steak, uh, with the sauce American that he did briefly, you know, chef Louis's pastries, especially the croissants and the morning buns. You know, I thought it was a really winning formula. It bumps me out that it didn't, it didn't catch on, even though I'm excited for Louis Italian American. And even though I, I, you know i hope to eat there uh regularly in 2023 but yeah cafe louis would have been my would have been my favorite new restaurant of of 2022 if it had made it matt let me throw it to you what a, what uh what closing uh will you look back on with sadness
4: um I, i'm uh sadness maybe not the right word because I'm excited to to see what's next for them, but uh, Click Virtual,
0: yeah, that's a big one for me. Say a little more about it.
4: Great people, great menu. It was a ghost kitchen type concept. Lots of different flavors and textures. Uh, I never had a bad dish there. So that uh, strangely a year to the day UB be preserved in 2021 and click virtual closed on the same day in 2022. So we may have to Ixnay December 23rd from the Houston restaurant calendar next year. <laughs> uh,
0: Michael, how about you?
3: Okay. Uh, you know, it, you stole my thunder, but it was definitely for me click virtual food hall. Um, You know, with the pandemic, I shied away from using the food delivery services so I could get money directly to the restaurants. And that meant either picking it up myself. But if I actually wanted a delivery delivered, I either went to a pizza place that delivered or I used and predominantly it was click virtual food hall because. They just had such a great option, such a great, you know, variety of menu. And as Matt, you know, said so correctly, you know, it just everything they did there was so strong. What Gabe and Annie did, their commitment to quality, you know, it was like you got when the food came, they were there with a smile. It was just incredible. And there was one dish in particular, the kaisendon, which is a salmon sashimi dish with some cucumber and edamame. I ordered it every time. And you know, I was really warmly struck when uh, Gabe and Annie came into the restaurant I worked at and they brought it to me there, you know? It's like, that's just, that's the kind of people they are. They take it to the next level. It's not just this commitment to quality. It's the, it's the hospitality. And, you know, I, that will be greatly missed. And whatever Gabe does next, I will be supporting it.
0: No, absolutely. Linda, how about you?
2: I mean, I'm not really... I, I'm, not, I'm not really sad about any of these closings damn damn more
1: restaurants like ex-boyfriends i see like (laughs)
2: like all right you're closed (laughs) next like cafe louis is not gone y'all like literally it was like a what a week maybe for them to flip you know click hall is like gabe is first off amazing whatever he does next is going to be incredible he's such a a pioneer for what he's what he did you know at, at the time i mean uv preserve was a terrible space great food terrible space so i don't know i'm not i'm not really sad about any of those
0: <laughs> you know the the one that we haven't mentioned that kind of stands out for me is hay merchant which closed in january You know, it was Chris Shepard's most casual restaurant. I liked it was open late. I liked that I could pop in and get a double-double or a chicken wings or a chicken fried steak, you know, a couple of pints, maybe a cocktail. I just thought it was really easy. I thought it was really neighborhood. I thought it was pretty affordable. You know, I always get pretty good service, so I I probably shouldn't say great service, but, you know, I, I felt very comfortable there, even if I didn't go over there very often. And then... You know, a couple other places that kind of had a good run, maybe worth just bringing up. Nino's and Vincent's called it quits on West Dallas. That was a mantra staple going back, you know, way longer than I've been uh, participating in the restaurant scene. You know, that's like a 70s, 80s kind of vintage Houston restaurant. You're going to
1: get a La there. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Rumored. Rumored La Not, Not officially confirmed. And then uh, and then Revival Market, which was like a really pioneering Houston concept, kind of paved the way for, you know, certainly agricultural hospitality success. They followed it up with Cultivare and Eight Row Flint. You know, it was really devoted to local sourcing, was a neighborhood fixture for, for breakfast and sandwiches, had all kinds of fun pop-ups there. I mean, I remember lining up there for uh, kolaches. I remember they did bagels a couple of times. Early pandemic. I think that was one of the places where uh, Christina Awe ah kind of made her uh, return to the Houston scene, you know, selling Pop Tarts and muffins and pumpkin spice cake or banana bread or whatever else. So, you know, that was a, a pretty vital place. And then vegans, just because I thought, you know, Lance vegan had been such a fixture in the Houston culinary world. Glass Wall, BRC, Liberty Kitchen, you know, Zula. Zula, yeah, all of those places have kind of come and gone. Uh, Feegan's was his last stand. You know, I'm sure people in the heights are thrilled to have uh, Gypsy Poet in that space. And it's a great addition. And, and you know, I wish them all the success in the world. But uh, yeah, I, I I was kind of intrigued by Feegan's and it bumped me out a little bit. It didn't last a little longer. And then let us do our last topic, topic number six, what restaurants are you most looking forward to in 2023? Oh, I don't know. Michael Fulmer, why don't you kick us off?
3: Um, first off, Brett's Barbecue Shop, which is a reopening out in Katy. They're just waiting on the final permitting. You know, the last place had three small tables and I think two parking spaces. And this one, you know, will be able to handle, you know, the crowds that they so richly deserve. Uh, and then, of course, uh, and iron. you know, this we've got all these live fire steakhouses coming to that sort of West Dallas Montrose River Oaks section there. And Michael Sandbrook's, you know, the owner of the pit room in 1751. Uh, I think they're going to do something really special there. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Mary Clarkson, how about you? What are you looking forward to in 2023?
1: oh and iron is one that i have been looking to it's adjacent to clarkwood so i think once both of those are uh humming along with their shared kind of patio space i think this will be a destination for before during and after dinner um i don't know i i'm excited i hear rumors i hear whisperings of a pizza spot from chef angelo of cafe louis and louis's uh, if that becomes a reality in 2023, that would make me very happy. But it's all just rumors uh, for now. Oh, Clarks. I'm very excited about Clarks. Yes. Which they, were is- to, they were supposed <laughs> to open this year. But, you know, welcome to fucking Houston. Sorry for that, Uh Construction delays, blah, blah, blah. But I think once Clarks opens, everybody that serves oysters inside the loop needs to be needs to be scared instead grace uh b19 i mean watch out because clark's is a powerhouse and everybody who's anybody is going to want to be hanging on that patio
2: yeah i'm with you mmh is from austin they have a hotel a couple of different spots i like what they do so i know i know matt doesn't know them so you know he he can't like them so
4: (laughs) that's right (laughs) Well, we also know Linda won't be sad when they close. So, <laughs>
2: Definitely throwing
1: shade.
4: Damn!
1: <laughs> uh, I, got it, I got news for y'all. If they close every other restaurant in Houston's closing, they're going to be here for a long time.
2: <laughs> I, only, I only mess with excellence, so, you know, whatever.
3: Okay. I love Clark's in Austin. I love going there. I'd be really curious to see how their patio does here because – there's a really significant different dynamic with Houston humidity and being outside. And so I'm going to see if, you know, the the people may want to be there, but we'll see.
1: This one comes with personal fanners for each table. So a a beautiful gentleman or female stands there and uh, waves you with a hand fan the entire time you're there and removes any humidity.
4: (laughs) Okay. Whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you're, you're not wrong. It'll be, uh, I'm curious if it'll be semi enclosed or have the ability to be open or closed or how they fight, uh, Houston humidity
4: that keeps us all so young.
0: Matt, what about you? What are, what are you looking forward to in, in 2023?
4: I'm going to piggyback on Iron. I enjoy the Sandbrook's group's other concepts quite a bit. I, uh, May or may not have done a menu tasting for Andiron the other week, and did I miss my invite? It may or may not
0: have been pretty fabulous. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on Andiron. I obviously we had Michael and Luis or Lewis, excuse me, on the show a couple of months ago. Yeah, high, high on the list. Uh, give me, give me two more. Uh, so
4: one that, uh, is TBD, Nick Long, HSN that may happen in 2023. And if it does, it will be one of the restaurants I'm most looking forward to.
2: Hell yeah.
1: He's so talented. Yes, please.
0: Yeah. Uh, the sooner, the sooner Nick is back, uh, working in a restaurant full-time, the, the better, as far as I'm concerned here, here. And then, and then I, I know you've got one more, because if, if you don't say it, I'm going to. So, so say the third one.
4: Daddy, don't let me steal
0: your thunder. I've been doing it the whole show. Shots fired! <laughs>
1: Damn, honestly. The third,
0: one, the third one that I expect you to mention is uh, Basso, the Spanish-inspired live-fire restaurant uh, from two guys who have just worked at, at really some of the best restaurants in the world. You know, Cezanne a restaurant in Tokyo that was part of the Noma family tree, you know, at Chivari. I I think I'm pronouncing that right in Spain, uh, the live fire restaurant. So, you know, sky's the limit for that. And, and they did a pop-up three months ago uh, that I attended. I wrote about it on Instagram. uh, That was absolutely fantastic. And, and whatever form that takes in the Heights, I can't wait to eat there. And then, you know, shout out to the, to the Houston, ladies of reality tv you know christine ha opening kind of a bigger better batter version of the blind goat in spring branch and then stuffed belly her sandwich concept also in that shopping center i i like the blind goat i like the blind goat at bravery chef hall just fine but you know i'm i'm excited to see what what christine does in a, in a full space with you know a bigger kitchen and a a better service experience. And then our top chef finalist Don Burrell late August coming to midtown. Yeah. Uh, You know, Afro Asian. Uh, She's been doing some kind of preview pop-ups. She's been doing a little bit uh, to kind of expand on what that is and what that's going to be. But I, I had a couple of good meals at culture when she was there. And I just, I think she's just incredibly talented and I can't wait to see what she does. And then Evelyn Garcia, America fell in love with her on this most recent season of Top Chef. She made it all the way to the finals. Jun Bai Kin, her restaurant with her business partner, Henry Liu, coming to 20th Street pretty soon. You know, I I don't know kind of specifically uh, what will or won't be on the menu, but whatever she does, I think it's going to be really exciting. So Basso, Bigger Better Blind Goat, Late August, Jun Bai Kin, All of those are on my list of the most exciting new restaurants of 2023. Anybody have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Not everybody speak all at once, y'all. Linda, (laughs) give me a final thought.
2: Uh, We've had a lot of great eating in in Houston this year. It's been fantastic to see um, us get past this pandemic. Uh, some of us never went through it, <laughs> obviously. Um, But as a whole, it's been it's been really great eating in Houston. So,
0: Matt, how about you?
4: I think this Linda the optimist is what I'm most excited about from 2022.
3: <laughs> Michael Fulmer. Yeah, I would I, I would piggyback what what Linda was saying that you know we're coming out of this pandemic and I'm seeing restaurants really a lot more busy. I've been a lot more busy. There's still issues with labor, but that gets, I've seen that getting better. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people actually left the industry. Uh, and so we'll see, you know, that as as restaurateurs make it a viable job for people, uh, more people coming back into it. And uh, Houston has just got such a great, vibrant scene, you know, that's never static. Uh, the ever-expanding Asia town, the incredible, just the incredible variety that we have. We always talk about that. You know, the one thing that Houston doesn't ever really seem to embrace is a really super high-end place. You know, we've kind of got March and Tony's and DeMarco, but, you know, that kind of thing doesn't come to Houston. And you know what? I've made my peace with that. I'm kind of okay with that. I can fly somewhere else for that kind of meal if I want. I really like who we are.
0: Mary Clarkson, any final thoughts before we wrap this up?
1: Just adding to how much our, our dining scene has evolved and is growing, Katie's new Chinatown, man, it's worth the drive, so if you're used to your normal Chinatown on Bel Air, it's also wonderful, but take a trip out to Highway 99 and explore, because you could literally spend a whole day out
2: here.
0: You know, I, I, affirm, uh, I affirm what Linda said. It's been a fantastic year uh, for dining in Houston, and you know, as we just discussed, there's a lot coming in 2023, a lot of reasons for excitement and optimism. And so I look forward to many more good meals with all four of you and, and talking about them on the show. We'll we'll hit episode uh, 300 at some point in, in 2023, and I'm excited about that. So again, Michael Fulmer, thank you. Matt Harris, thank you. Mary Clarkson, thank you. Linda Salinas, thank you and our producer Michael Carroll. Thank you very much. Uh keep it locked on CultureMap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.